Thanks for listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast where we bring you the news you won't hear on mainstream media. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Visit our website at www.politicalnewspodcast.us. Be sure to follow us on all platforms. We are on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcast, and many more. Now here is your host, the Kentucky Guy. Yep, that's right. It's me, the Kentucky Guy, here hosting the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for today's episode. Before we get to that, I did want to let you know that we are switching up our platform a little bit. Uh, we are still going to bring you the news each and every time we're up. We're always going to keep you informed on what's really happening, not only in America, but as our world as a whole. Uh, however, we do have a lot of different things going on right now. We have authors coming on and doing interviews. We have mediums coming on and doing interviews. We have other podcasters coming on. We have comedians coming on. So we are changing it up just a little bit uh, because we want to appeal to a wider variety of audience. So if you guys like the platform and how it's going, you can always leave us feedback or even if you want to be a part of the show one day and be a guest on here and have your own interview, you can do that too. Just drop me a line at ol Kentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. Old Kentucky 99 at yahoo.com. Come and join the fun. It's all about all of us working and helping each other throughout this crazy time in America. Once again, I'm the Kentucky guy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you, and as always, God bless, and God bless this country. Aha! Right and welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today. It is Monday, January 2023, the 15th day of January. Yes, this is Saturday's up. Ep- I wanted to wait until today because there's events happening today. And was hoping to get some extra information, and I was able to. And we'll talk about that. If this is your first time joining the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter which platform, we're on 73 different audio platforms now. We are on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean Podcast, Castio Podcast. Amazon Music, and the list goes on from there. We do drop new episodes here twice a week, usually on Wednesday and Saturday. Sometimes we're different days, but we try to keep that schedule as best as possible. We talk about the current news here in the good old U.S. of A. and around the world. Also, sometimes we do have special guests on here. We've had authors, mediums, entrepreneurs, 
you name it, we've had it. Sports athletes, pro sports athletes. Also, if you ever want to be a guest on the show or have any questions for me, you can always email me at OLKentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. That's OLKentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. And folks, this channel, this, this podcast is growing by leaps and bounds. And the only, you're the only one I can thank for that. I am the truth seeker, the award winning host, the Kentucky guy. Also, if you do enjoy professional sports, I do co-host with Donnie Cage against the Matt Wrestling Podcast. We drop new episodes there every Monday and Friday. We just dropped a new one uh, today already, so be sure to check that out if you're a wrestling fan. Okay, so a lot to talk about today, a lot going on, so let's get into the geopolitical, political, economic breakdown. Headline news. First headline of the day. House Republicans are introduces a bill to only fly the U.S. flag at the embassies. And it would end all of this use of the pride and the BLM flags crap. And I love this bill. A Republican member of the House of Representatives proposed a bill last Wednesday that would prohibit the display of flags other than the American flag on U.S. embassies and consular posts in op op opposition to the Biden administration's decision to fly flags representing pride and Black Lives Matter at these diplomatic locations. The Old Glory Only Act, love that name, was proposed by Representative Jeff Duncan of South Carolina. The bill was created in response to the display of a rainbow flag at a South American embassy in 2018, which began during the Obama administration in 2014 and has been adopted by multiple embassies worldwide. Here's a quote. Our beautiful flag, O Glory, should be the only flag flying and representing our country over our diplomatic and consular posts worldwide. Duncan said in a statement, the American flag is a beacon of liberty and no other flag or symbol better portrays our shared values than the stars and stripes. It is important to ensure that old glory only is flown at American embassies to represent our ideas abroad. The display of a rainbow flag by the U.S. Embassy in the Holy City, uh, Vatican City, during Pride Month in June of 2022 was met with significant backlash, and they should have been. Shame on them. Today is the start of Pride Month. The United States respects and promotes the equality and human dignity of all people, including of the LGBTQIA community. <laughs> Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was granted permission for all U.S. embassies and, co and consulates overseas to fly Black Lives Matter flags on their local flag posts. This decision was made in May of 2021 to commemorate the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's death on May 25th. Quote, we raised the banner in honor of George Floyd, murdered one year ago today in solitary with people around the globe seeking a world without racial discrimination and a future with equal opportunity for all. 
the U.S. Embassy in Athens, Greece, posted at that time. He was a drug dealer and a horrible human being. But, yeah, let's keep talking about him. During the Trump administration, do you miss him yet? Do you miss him yet? Then, Secretary of State Mike Pomo denied requests from embassies to display flags other than the American flag. However, this policy, of course, was reversed under the Biden administration in 2021. Oh, Sleepy Joe, got to get in there, man. Got to get in there with his base, uh, which now allows U.S. embassies and other locations abroad to fly the pride bag. The change in policy took place in advance of May 17th, which is the International Day Against Homophobia and Transphobia. The State Department statement emphasized that the U.S.'s efforts should support the real, the repeal of laws criminalizing LGBT community while also ensuring that the principle of do no harm is upheld in order to avoid backlash or further marginalization of the LGBTQ community. Uh, <laughs> I hope that this is passed and put in effect and done. This is, you know, they try so hard to make us feel like we're the minority now and that these gays and people that want to be around these gays and homosexuals and what have you, little children, drag queen, oh, I'm not even going to get started. I, I'm not even reporting on that today until I calm down about it because I don't, I don't want to go off on another tangent and rampage over that. But I'm telling you what, Canada and the U.S., I just cannot, and Tractor Supply, I am so disappointed in you. So disappointed. I once worked for a Tractor Supply and really enjoyed it and thought the company had great values. Boy, oh boy, are you proving me wrong. I can't get into it. We're going to talk about it. I promise. But my blood pressure, my heart can't handle it right now. <laughs> so, so let's move on to the next headline. White House. No visitor logs exist for Biden's Delaware home. Huh. Who would have thunk it? No visitor logs exist for President Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, where classified documents from his vice presidential days were found as it is a private residence, the White House Council office said Monday. Well, before I get into that, they keep finding documents. This isn't like one or two times, like this is four or five times now. They continue to find them. And I'm sure they found them way before now. They're just now releasing it to us. But boy, oh boy, this guy is in some serious trouble. That's just my opinion, but I think he's in some trouble. And it seems like maybe the Democrats are setting this up to get rid of him because of his claim to rerun for election in 2024. I, I don't know. Quote, like every president across decades of modern history, his personal residence is personal. Not upon taking office, President Joe Biden restored the norm and tradition of keeping White House visitor logs, including publishing them regularly after the previous administration ended them. The White House Counsel Office said in a statement that repeats word for word what the White House spokesman, Ian Sam, said on Sunday. Biden's Republican prede uh, predecessor, Donald Trump, declined to release logs of visitors 
to the White House during his four years in the office in a break from the prior norms. The Republican chairman of House of Representatives Oversight Committee on Sunday demanded visitor logs for Democratic Biden's house in Wilmington after classified documents were found in his office and in his garage. Republicans have sought to compare the Biden documents case with that of Trump, who faces a federal criminal probe of how he handled classified documents after he left the White House in 2021. Legal experts have noticed the difference between the two cases. The White House says Biden's team has turned over the documents it found. Trump resisted doing so until the FBI search in August at his Palm, uh, Palm Beach, Florida resort. Biden's legal team said it had found classified documents relating to his time as vice president under then-President Barack Obama at his Delaware home at the Wilmington. Think, think. His lawyers on Saturday reported finding five additional pages at his home. The material at the Think Tank was found in November, and the disclosure was made public after the CBS News report last week. Attorney, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Thursday named a special counsel to investigate Biden's handling of the sensitive governmental documents. A separate special counsel is investigating Trump's handle of classified documents as well as his unsuccessful attempts to overturn his 2020 election defeat. Yeah, they're unsuccessful because our system are jacked up and they're corrupt. Let's be honest. Now, let me tell you what this article doesn't say. Okay? President Trump had no classified documents because the president can speak it into existence. That is the law. These are no longer classified. Therefore, they're unclassified. Okay? No matter what someone tells you, I go a few episodes back on this show right here. I went and found the law and the president, the president that was set for it many years ago. However, vice presidents do not have that power. They cannot take a classified document and say it's unclassified, and it be so. So therefore, Biden, whether they want to admit it or not, and whether anything happens, is a true criminal, and it's a boomerang effect that's coming back to what they tried to do with President Trump. Boy, oh boy, JoJo, I told you, I told you you weren't going to win. God always wins. You're not going to win, JoJo, and things are going to come back to bite you, I've said that many times over the last couple of years, and boy, oh boy, they're coming. By the way, how's baby boy Hunter doing? Next headline. The World Economic Forum, starting today, and this is the reason why I wanted to wait until today to do the Saturday podcast, because as you know, last year, during this, there's so much stuff that come out of Davos, Switzerland, during these elite meetings of the globalists is what I call them, that we do a lot of special reports because we want to keep you guys up to date on what's going on. And this, the World Economic Forum, started today. 50 heads of state and government from a mix of G20 and G7 countries are attending, as well as 200 cabinet ministers and 1,500 business leaders all in 130 countries from around the world. 
our representative at the meeting in the Swiss Alps. As with every previous meeting, the most pressuring issues facing the world today will end up for discussion as the 2,700 invited speakers grapple to find potential solutions. The theme of the 2023 meeting is cooperation in a fragmented world. But which global challenge will be top of their agenda to tackle first? So I went, did some digging, and here are the, here are, these are the set to be the key talking points of the 2023. By the way, they brought in 5,000 extra, they have their own police, 5,000 Swiss policemen due to protests and everything going on, and we'll get more into that. But here are their key talking points for the year. For this year's meeting, the cost of living. Experts as the World Economic Forum are describing 2023 as the year of polycrisis, a year in which all the problems humanity is facing have become more interwoven, more repetitively damaging than ever, and unfortunately harder to solve. In the short time, these problems are being boiled down to one key challenge the cost of living crisis. A majority of the World Economic Forum community of chief economics are expecting a global recession this year as a result of the geopolitical and economic tailwinds from the war in Ukraine. Yeah, let's blame everything on that again this year. Coupled with crippling inflation, in order to avoid the worst possible scenarios, heads of government and central bank governors, many of whom will be tending Dovis this year, are facing the inability dilemma of whether to spend more money on their citizens to shield them from the biting cost of living crisis or hike interest rates to fight inflation, which in turn risk unleashing a global recession. Yeah, and it's up to these guys to figure it out. What? I thought each country had their own government to figure this. Okay, next item. The ongoing war in Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukraine, Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia's invasion of Ukraine dominated the World Economic Forum exceptional spring meeting last May, which took place just three months after the first strikes on the Ukrainian territory. As was the case in May, Ukraine's Vice President Zelensky is slated to address the event via video link, furthermore, for the second consecutive year. Russia will not have a presence at Davos with their traditional Embassy, Russia House, which in May was repurposed as the Russian War Crimes House, now taken over by the delegation from Mahartas in India. The next item, their key item, the climate crisis. Of course, can't have a World Economic Forum without talking about climate and the Green Deal. As has become the norm, environmental activists have already arrived in force in Davos to protest. Amongst other things, the uh, hypocrisy of the global elite traveling to the resort in private jets amend an escalating (laughs) climate crisis. In previous years, Greta Thunberg has been invited to speak on panels at the event, as well as leading her school strike with local youth activists. In May, the Arctic base camp pitched up on the peak overlooking Davos to bring attention to the impact of climate change on communities around the world. (laughs) 
One of the big topics around climate change this year is set to be the process of decarbonation industries and the energy transition. Investment in and upscaling up of new technologies, including more sustainable fuel sources, is a particularly pronounced topic, with green hydrogen becoming a buzz, big buzzword this year. Doesn't work. Do your own research. Doesn't work. Green It doesn't work. Not for, not for fuel. This is an interesting topic, and I believe that these people are part of the reason that caused it. The growing food crisis, food insecurity, as with many challenges listed in this article, is largely interconnected with other global problems, key among them being the climate crisis. <laughs> How about food processing plants, I don't know, burning down and blowing up unexpectedly? Uh, farmland being bought out but not used by China and Bill Gates. I mean, yeah, let's. How about that? Instead of, is that your climate crisis you're referring to? The loss of biodiversity over ever extreme weather and the increasing number of natural disasters have played their part in the growing food shortages. Yeah, uh huh. In 2022, the world faced the triple threat of food, energy, and fertilized shortages. Experts are already warning that more people, listen how sad, will face hunger in 2023 than the previous years as food prices continue to spike, shortages bit deeper, and more livelihoods are decimated. The fourth industrial revolution is the last topic that they'll be discussing. Technology and innovation are always key to all discussions at Davos. This year in particular, talk is turning to what many are calling a fourth industrial revolution. Increase in connectivity, as well as advancements in areas such as AI, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and bringing with them thorny issues around governance. I tell you, these people are just evil. And you really, I know a lot of you don't like to, you like to get your news from from here and other places if you get a chance you should really watch some of this stuff going on there and listen how these pompous people talk to us about our everyday lives and how they're going to change it it really is something so i went through and i got the guest list i got the guest list of people who are attending the world economic forum today this week i'm going to read to you the names of not everybody of course just the people from the United States. Because I have questions on why some of these people are there. Here we go. First one on the list. No, no, no question why he's there. We know he's a nut. John F. Kerry. John Kerry's there. Kathleen Tai, United States Trade Representative. Martin J. Walsh, Secretary of Labor of the United States. Samantha Power, Administrator to U.S. Energy for International Development. Avrin Hayes, U.S. Director of National Intelligence. Why is he there? Here's another one. Christopher Ray. We know his name because he's all over the news here lately. He is the director of the FBI. What's he doing there? Brian Kemp, the governor, or yeah, the governor of Georgia. What's he doing there? Why is he there? Christopher A. Coons, a Democratic senator from Delaware. Why? Daryl is Daryl Issa, congressman from California. Still, I don't understand. Gregory W. Meeks, 
You know, the Democrat they put in in New York, the congressman, why? Here's a name that I don't know why she's there, but doesn't surprise me. I know she's a huge part of the deep state. Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of the state of Michigan. So Michigan is in such turmoil, in such bad shape right now. Why are you in Sweden? You've got people pooping on your streets, defecating on your streets. What are you doing in Switzerland? J.B. Prixner. Yep. The governor of Illinois. By the way, in Illinois, in Chicago, I don't know, a young black black person, usually kids, unfortunately, are dying every five minutes from gunshot. James Rice, the senator from Idaho, he's a Republican. What are you doing there? Joe Manchi, senator from West Virginia. We know that name. Don't know why he's there. Christine Sima, a senator from Arizona. Doesn't surprise me there. Maria Cantwell, senator from Washington. Maria Oliva Zaragala, congresswoman from Florida, and she is a Republican as well. Don't you know that your governor, the Florida governor DeSantos, is denouncing everyone who is at this event? What are you guys doing? Mike Gallagher, guy could not get off the microphone during the selection of the House Speaker. Congressman from Wisconsin, Republican, by the way, Rhino. Is that how you say Rhino? <laughs> uh, Mickey Shero, Congresswoman from New York, from New Jersey. Seth Moulton, Congressman from Massachusetts. So here's the thing. The United States has more representatives at the World Economic Forum than any other country. We have 20 representatives. That is the highest. The next highest was 15. 20 representatives in Davos. And my question is, why? What are you doing there? What's going on? I don't know about you all, but they don't do anything but talk and try to push stuff down our throats that we know that we that we're not going to go abide by. So why wait? Why waste the time? All right. Uh, let's see. Next headline: The Davos Global Recession likely in 2023. Two thirds of the private and public sector Chief economists surveyed by the World Economic Forum expected expect a global recession in 2023. The Davos organizer said Monday as business and government leaders gather for its annual meeting, some 18% consider a world recession extremely likely, more than twice as many as in the previous survey conducted in September of 2022. Only one-third of respondents to the survey viewed it as a unlikely this year. Quote, the current high inflation, low growth, high debt, and high fragmentation environmental reduces incentives for the investments needed to get back to grow and raise living standards for the world's most vulnerable. WEF Managing Director Saudia Zagla said in a statement accompanying the survey results. The organization's survey was based on a 22 response from a government of senior economics drawn from international agencies, including the International Monetary Fund, investment banks, multinationals, and reinsurance groups. The survey comes after the World Bank last week slashed its 2023 growth forecast to levels close to recession for many countries as the impact of the central bank rate hikes intensifies 
Russia's war in Ukraine, which they always want to blame it on, and the world's major economic engine sputter. Definitions of what constitutes recession differ around the world, but generally include a prospect of shrinking economies, possibly with high inflation, in a stagflation scenario. On inflation, the WEF survey saw large regional variations. The proportion expecting high inflation in 2023 ranged from just 5% for China to 57% for Europe, where the impact of last year's raise in energy prices has spreaded the wider economy. A majority of economics see further monetary policies tightening in Europe and the United States, 59% and 55% respectively, with the policymakers caught between the risk of tightening too much or too little. Nine out of 10 respondents expect both weak demand and high borrowing costs to weigh on firms, with more than 60% also pointing to higher input costs. These challenges are expected to lead multinational businesses to cut costs from reducing operational expense to laying off workers. However, supply chain disruptions are not expected to cause a significant drag on business activity in 2023. The cost of living crisis may be nearing its peak with a majority, 68%, expecting it to become less severe by the end of 2023. Now, the only way they're going to tell you that it's less severe is if you do what they want you to do. That's all this group wants. This group wants power. They want to feel like there's something and they've got the power. And they're having a little bit of trouble. The reason why they brought in 5,000 extra foot soldiers, policemen, climate activists. By the way, speaking about these policemen, there is a group that I do turn to once in a while just to check out, see how they're doing, because sometimes they, they can talk about issues. They put issues on there that, that I agree with, and they, they seem to be pretty straightforward. And every time I've went behind and did research and made sure they had their facts right, they've always been pretty much spot on. And that's Rebel News out of Canada. Well, they sent some reporters down there to this conference, to this World Economic Forum in Switzerland this week one of the guys was there and they he was riding around yesterday i watched a video with his film crew these are journalists they're independent but they're still journalists riding around and there was bare i mean there was police officers everywhere everywhere in the city remember five thousand extra just in this city they're everywhere they wave him over this journalist and he says, ah, the police officer, you know, he's like, ah, it's a bad thing. You're filming, you're filming. And the guy says, the guy's brilliant. He says one thing to him. He goes, well, uh, Switzerland's a free country, no? And the cop's like, yes, yes, it is. And he just waves him on, lets him go. After making him pull over, <laughs> and he says, Switzerland's a free country, letting this boy know that he knows his rights. And he just waves him through. They don't ch- ask for passports or anything. Remember, you see somebody doing something or trying to do something that's against your constitutional rights, say something or somebody else, not just you, but anybody, say something. You talk, they back down. They know that we are not the minority. We are the majority. And it's coming more and more 
in effect. And the reason why they're having these policemen there, here we go. Climate activists call out the World Economic Forum Global Warming Hypocrisy in Davos. Quote, they're wolves disguised as sheep. An anti-franking advocate told Rebel News, a Rebel News reporter, as the pair stood in the falling outside of the annual World Economic Forum Summit in Swiss resort town. Climate change activists turns on the World Economic Forum, accusing them of being world uh, wolves (laughs) disguised as sheep. They seem to have the same message you have. Don't listen to what they say. Look at what they're doing. The Argentine-American biologist servant also founded the environmentalist version of Wikilinks, Echolinks, which claims to expose the environmental crimes hidden by governments around the world. This isn't the first environmentalist group turning their guns on their own at the World Economic Forum meeting. Greenpeace has a running tally of private jets used by the Great Reset crowd. 1,040, by the way. 1,040 private jets carried passengers attending to the 2023 economic, uh, World Economic Forum. The transferring private jets created COT emissions four times greater than on an average week. Uh-huh. Yeah, so even their own, even their own are fighting against, and that's why they have the police there. Even though these guys are peacefully protesting, and I know there's nuts in these groups as well, this is environment stuff. I mean, do we really need to worry about climate change? No, we don't. We don't. We, we really don't. The carbon, we don't. I'm just, I, I don't want to get into it. We don't. Next headline. The Pope's prayer might rekindle resignation rumors. Pope Francis might have rekindled rumors that he will step down by extolling in a Sunday prayer the virtual of stepping aside at the right time. Using the example of John the Baptist as exhibiting the sign of a true educator, Francis said he wasn't interested in holding on to a following or being praised for his successes. The Independent Catholic News reported, quote, to step aside, to learn to take one's leave. I have completed this mission. I have had this meeting. I will step aside and leave room to the Lord to learn to step aside, not to take something for ourselves and recompense. France said of John's example, quote, May Mary, the servant of the Lord, help us to be free from attachment, to make way for the Lord and to give space to others. Francis prayed before a crowd at St. Peter's Square. Francis previously said he would step down from his role as uh, as pointiff if his health deteriorated, but dismissed general speculations about it. The Daily the Daily Mail noted, "Quote: It is easy to become attached to roles and positions, to the need to be esteemed, recognized, and rewarded." He said, "The Sunday Agnus is a regular prayer led by the Pope, who first gives a reflection on the gospel and then leads a faithful." in prayer from the window of his study. The Telegraph reported that it's unlikely Pope Francis would step down while Pope Benedict was alive to avoid a situation where 
three popes were living in the Vatican at the same time. Benedict, who died in December 31st, resigned in 2013, citing his declining health. Benedict's resignation raised speculations that Francis could do the same. In December, Francis told CNN he had already signed a resignation letter years ago to take effect if he became impaired by health issues or an accident. Speculations grew after Francis visited the Italian city of Luquala, associated with the Pope Celestine V, who resigned in 1294. Yet Francis insisted in July he had no plans to step down. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. This, this guy is, he's dangerous in every way imaginable. He is. He, he is, uh, he, he's, he just is. He's horrible. And if he steps down, the only way I see him stepping down, and it has nothing to do, nothing to do with, with his health, I don't believe. But if he steps down, he's got somebody in mind to replace him. Maybe, maybe. He, he worries me. He really, I mean, he truly, truly worries. Me. And I think the normal person should be worried by this guy. He's, he's evil. He's never, he's never been for the people. And I'm talking about even the Catholic community. He's never been for the people. And he's also, he's just, he's so far left and so progressive on his beliefs. That it's kind of scary in a way, kind of scary. So you know, maybe I don't know. We need to keep a closer eye on this, and we will keep a closer eye on this. Anything that else happens, by the way, that's all the headlines I have for today. Anything that else happens concerning the World Economic Forum, I will report to you as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Also, Biden, Biden document. Anything that happens on that will be reported to you via this show right away asap as soon as we can i am just trying to keep you guys informed there's so much stuff happening and there's things happening that we really need to you know it's up to us you know it's always it's always been up to us and we just really need to keep our eyes open pay attention to what's going on and i advise you i advise you to continue to watch the world economic forums and these documents these documents from that they're finding on Biden are leading to something and they're leading to something I think a lot faster than what I thought they would. So keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. All right, folks. So you've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I am your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Be talking to you very soon. And as always, God bless. And God bless America.